Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. This episode is brought to you by the GSD Academy. This step-by-step business productivity online program will share with you exactly how to shift your mindset, set boundaries, build rock-solid processes, customize your message in order to strategically grow your revenues and get shit done. Visit AngelaProfit.com slash GSD Academy. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And I'm so excited about our guest today because I was watching some of his YouTube videos, which you guys will have to go and do that too. And he is such a data nerd, kind of like me, but in a good way. And so we're going to talk about how to drive some of your online sales. And he knows all this stuff about funnels. And it's It's actually like refreshing to talk to someone else on the podcast today that like geeks out about this stuff. It's going to be really fun today because we're talking with Ravi Abuvala. He is the CEO and founder of Scaling with Systems. And we're going to be talking about bootstrapping your way to millions. So he is a law school dropout and he builds profitable companies using VAs, virtual assistants, which we have gotten into a little bit a couple of years ago. And it's really changed my world and changed all of our companies that, that I'm part of. And so Revy, welcome to the show. Angela, thank you so much for having me here. That's quite the introduction. I hope I can, uh, <laughs> can follow through on it. I will say you, this is the first time I've ever had to fill out what I felt like was a dating profile before <laughs> I got on here and then also be called the nerd within the first, you know, 10 words, but I am super excited. I'm a big fan. I heard you for the first time for you actually had another, uh, I think her name was Margot. The last name slips my mind, but you had another salesperson. Yeah. yeah sales funnel person on here. And that was actually one of the first times I heard, um, your podcast. And so I'm super grateful to be on here. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. I'm super excited. So before we jump in and start talking about scaling and leveraging and building lead generation, take us back to how the hell did you get here? Like what got you interested? I'm assuming you went to law school, but how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, it's an awesome question. And I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. And, you know, if you're listening at home, I'll keep this relatively short, but whole life, I was going to be a lawyer. That was the number one goal for me, you know, not because I had ever actually worked for a lawyer, but just because I'd watched every episode of Law and Order and Suits. And I just thought I knew what it was to be a lawyer. And I worked for the governor of Florida for a few years. And so I graduate college. And the, the goal was to essentially take a year off and study for law school. Well, about three days after I graduated from college, I get a phone call from my dad who lives in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, he told me he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And it kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop. And he didn't have anybody with him at the time. So I actually had to pack up my stuff, 
after I just unloaded it from college and then move in with him. And Angela, for an entire year, I was doing law school studying and um, taking my dad to chemo and radiation five days a week. And, you know, thank God a year later, he actually went into remission. I took the test. I got into the top 10% of test takers in the nation. I got into all my dream schools, but the whole process just was open my eyes. Uh, I was talking about making a YouTube video uh, yesterday called I love cancer. You know, I, I like to do a lot of um, conflicting stuff, I guess you could say, but, yeah. uh, and, and the fact of, because I'm super grateful, my dad's in remission right now. And it really, it stopped me from, I don't want to say making a mistake because I really don't believe in mistakes because you just learn from them, but it stopped me from going down this hole and it forced me to throw the brakes on and be like, is this really what I want to do? You know, I'm, I'm sitting in this chemo and radiation unit with 30 year olds who thought that they had their whole life ahead of them and uh, stage four lung cancer. It's a pretty serious one. And so long story short, I came downstairs one day, told my dad I was not going to go to law school. He was incredibly, you know, disappointed just because he wanted what was best for me, what he thought was best for me. And, uh, moved back to Florida, moved on my brother's couch, worked as a dishwasher in his restaurant. And I Googled how to make money online. And, uh, you know, a few programs later, a, a bunch of bumps and hiccups later. Now we were at where we are today. I have two businesses, uh, clients all over the world. I have just over 35 employees um, and we've, we've helped to service between both companies about 900 entrepreneurs globally. That's amazing. So I have a very similar story in that it, you know, it kind of sucks sometimes to, for life to feed us something of like, oh, a family member or a loved one and they're suffering for something and it completely changes the trajectory of like what you think your future is going to be. So my dad started out with um, uh, throat cancer and fought it for five years and then it moved into his lungs and something that could have prevented it is if the hospital would have just told us they would do a scan every six weeks of just his throat and when I asked the doctor at Vanderbilt, like, well, how, do, how would you know if, if it moved down to the lungs and then he got lung cancer and then it was just too late? And the doctor said, well, if we would have been doing a scan from the, the, the entire torso, then, you know, that's a different story. But your insurance didn't pay for it. And I'm like, fuck insurance. Oh, I would have paid God. for it. Why the hell didn't you tell me that? You know, so, but it's like that those whole five years, I did something similar where I helped take care of my dad and my mom worked to pay for insurance and, you know, his, his, his fight was over and, um, I will pray for your father that, but just make sure that those scans get done. It's like, yeah. you know what you don't know. Right. But it really forced me to think about like, okay, life is short. Time is short. How can I impact more people to be more productive out there. And so it really changed like where I wanted to focus my time. So sometimes it's a good thing that these happen and it, and it takes something like this for us to see what we need to do with our time and how we're going to make the most difference in the world. Yeah, so I, I, I think I just want to throw on top of that too. I, I think that's, you know, and I, I love the story that you just said as well. And I think that a lot of what this does, especially people that have listened, that have listened to this and can relate just like you and I, is it also just prepares us for everything else that life throws at you. And, and if you're an entrepreneur, that's like 10 times more, in my opinion, than everybody else who's able to clock in, clock out, 
don't have people relying on them, you know, don't have employees when the whole world shuts down, you have to make sure that they're still getting paid every single month, right? Even though you might not be getting paid. And so I just, I am grateful for it. And it sounds like you are kind of too, because I think not only did it force us to kind of reevaluate things, but it just almost, I don't want to sound cocky, but almost after that, it's like, well, there's not a whole lot else that can get a lot worse than that. Right. It's like, I went through some pretty bad stuff. So everything else you got to throw at me is going to be kind of easy from here on out. Right. So when you decided like, and I'm self-taught like you are from an online business perspective, but it's like, what was the first thing that if you did that, that if, so if someone's listening and they want to start an online business, what, what's the first thing that you did that was like the introductory of like, okay, I can make money doing this shit. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Uh, and it's, yeah, you're right. Because sometimes I do have to pinch myself like, how, how am I doing this? Like, I'm able to, I, like I told you, I just moved to Miami literally yesterday. And, um, but for me, I think I had a little bit of a head start, if I'm being honest with you, just because I was reading personal development books back before it was kind of cool to do that. Uh, I was reading it in high school. People were making fun of me, how to win friends and influence people. I was listening to Les Brown every single day during my dad's uh, chemotherapy and radiation. And so for me, I think the mindset, if you're listening to this right now, it's the technical stuff we can talk about in two seconds, but, and it sounds super cheesy. And the reason why it sounds cheesy is because it's the truth. And that is that you really have to get your mindset right. I mean, you really have to believe that, you know, you deserve this. You really have to believe that it's possible. You really have to have the right people around you, the right environments. And uh, you kind of have to, and you have to be selfish. You have to be willing to be selfish for a little while and uh, understand that, you know, in order to help others, you kind of have to help yourself first. But once you understand the mindset aspect of it and, and the fact that you deserve all this and you can have all this, then for me, just like you had kind of referenced at the beginning of this uh, podcast, honestly, it was literally free Facebook groups, free YouTube videos. And that got my feet wet to the point that I was thought that, okay, I'm capable enough now to go up to the first person and say, hey, I can run ads for you online and get you new clients. Uh, would you be willing to do it for a thousand dollars? And it was a, it was my girlfriend's dad at the time and he ran a plastic surgery company. And I still remember I stayed up all night crafting this 40 page proposal for him auditing all. And like, I go there into this office in the morning and before I even put the proposal in front of him, he hands me a check for the, I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, but I hate that I didn't all sign this proposal. But, uh, and that was, I, I, that was the first time that it had, it was proven to me, like cash in my hand. Oh my gosh, someone is willing. I don't even really know what I'm doing and someone's willing to pay me. Imagine if I actually figured out what I was doing. And so then, as I'm sure with you, I just kept on reinvesting more and more back into my business uh, and back into the growth process. And that's kind of where I had here. But it honestly all started from like books and from free content online. So what's interesting too is your first like real client so if y'all are listening to this, don't feel bad asking family people to help you <laughs> because if they're owning businesses as well, somebody's going to believe in you. So don't be afraid to try. And so I know that you teach people how to scale their company and making sure that they're profitable. But if somebody wants to do that, how would you do that without any startup capital? Yeah, it's an awesome question. And I actually really am not a big fan of startup capital. So I've worked with a few Fortune 5000 companies. We've helped a few companies grow and exit for multi eight figures. And um, I think that startup capital, just kind of what you had said one second ago, you know, when you start and you're able to start at zero, zero dollars, you kind of have 
to get it right from day one. Um, and you're also a lot leaner and you're able to figure things out a lot faster. I know people that have, you know, funding series A, series B funding, $5 million, $10 million. And, you know, they don't really know if they have a product market fit. They don't really know what their customer success is. They don't really know how to run ads. How do you be profitable? How do you put $1 in and get $3 out in six and a half days? And because of that, like, you're kind of just like in this fairy tale land for one year, two years, three years. And then all of a sudden you're at the end of this, you know, rope and you're bleeding cash every single day. And you have 30 days until they come close the doors on you. And you're trying to figure out everything that you should have figured out three years ago. And so the first thing I'll say is what you had just said at the beginning of this, which was don't be afraid to ask your friends and family. That's why network marketing and MLM businesses work so well is because you actually can sell your friends and family really easily. And it's, I actually really recommend it if you, you really know that you're not going to abuse them and you're going to take care of them no matter what. But for me, I was like, look, man, if I don't know how to do this, I will give you all of your money back, but I'm pretty sure I can figure this out. And he was willing to take the risk on it for me because, and that's who you have to go after first, because if you don't have the expertise and the case studies and the testimonials, then you have no trust. And the biggest mistake I see people, if you're listening to this right now, and you're wanting to start is they go, they're so afraid. And this is me included. You know, I, I jumped ahead. I, it took me six months to ask my girlfriend's dad to be my client. The first six months I was doing cold calls and cold emails. And everyone was like, I don't know who you are and you have no proof. Why would I, why would I work with you? And instead of going after nobody, everyone who didn't know me and I had no social proof, I went after someone who did know me and I had no social proof. And he was like, look, maybe he felt bad for me. You know, my second client was my cousin. I don't know what it is, but they're just like, yeah, I'll, I'll let you, I'll pay you this money if you can potentially get me these results. And so if you don't have any money, first thing you should do is sell it to someone you know and just be brutally honest with them. Then use that experience as a case study and feedback as it, does this actually work? Can I actually deliver what I'm saying? And then once you get this first client and you actually have success, you create an actual case study around it. And then you're able to take that case study, whether it's written form, video form, however you want to do it. And then for $0, you can post it across all of your social media, your YouTube, your Facebook, your Instagram, your LinkedIn. That's going to get you a bunch of inbound leads right off the bat, uh, especially if you had some really great success with that case study. And then now you're starting just like on LinkedIn to get to your second degree, con degree connections, third degree connections, fourth, fourth degree to connections. And at that point, you can start taking the next case study you have, the next case study you have. And you're approaching the total cold market, right? The people who have no idea, they don't know the difference between you and a hole in the wall. And you're saying, hey, you know, here is all these case studies. Here's all these testimonials. Here's all this training. You watch a lot of YouTube videos, like you had said at the beginning of this. And they're going, oh, okay, this person actually knows what they're talking about. And they have proof. I'd be willing to get on the phone with them and, and hear what they have to say. And so, you know, you can definitely shorten that process. But that's essentially it. Start with warm people that know who you are, even if you don't know what you're doing. And then as you build up social proof and credibility, we're going to go to colder and colder people until they don't know who the heck you are, but you can't deny the results that you've had for your clients. And that's how you're able to start turning complete strangers into paying clients in a few days. Which is awesome. And so one of the most important things that you said that I want y'all to make sure you understand is case studies, meaning track your numbers, know your numbers, know the outcomes sometimes they start off not so good, but then you take that data, you turn it into something better. And you, that's, what's going to teach you. If you're not tracking everything, stop now, <laughs> don't do anything or spend any time or money or effort until you're tracking everything, which turns into a case study. 
And I didn't really understand that when I used to launch funnels years ago, when I got into this whole marketing world, which is like a completely different language, y'all. I'm like, what does evergreen mean? I'm like, that's like those sticks that smell good in the Christmas trees. And they're like, no, no, Angela, that's not what evergreen means in this world. And so I had a lot to learn, but things started to do better and sell better once I could show people the proof. So that's one of the most important takeaways there for me. And then how did you start to learn that the most important thing was really pre-qualifying people to make sure that they were either qualified or not qualified? And if someone's listening, who's thinking about doing this sales funnels and online business, what would you tell them the first thing to do to qualify a lead? Yeah. So for me personally, what happened was once I really started understanding, I hired my first virtual assistant. I started playing around with paid ads. I have an advertising agency called Prospect Social. And what we started doing is we started sending 3000 cold emails a day. We sent 200 messages on LinkedIn a day, 50 Facebook messages, 50 Instagram messages. My virtual assistant was doing all of this and we were turning on paid ads and I was the only salesperson at the time. And I just literally physically did not have enough time to get on the phone with all of the book appointments I had in my calendar. And I know everyone's listening to this and they're probably rolling their eyes like, wow, what a great problem to have. And I do recognize that. However, you know, expert salespeople understand that just appointments on your calendar really don't mean anything because to be honest with you, the people that really don't have a whole lot to give you are most likely the people that have all the time in the world to book an appointment in your calendar. And it's really easy to get them on the phone. But the people that or at least for me, that were doing well in business, they didn't necessarily have a whole lot of time uh, to be able to get on the phone. And so it was harder to reach them, but they were higher quality clients. And so for me, what we started doing was adding what I talk about inside of my program, Scaling with Systems, a little bit of friction inside of there. So instead of just letting anybody respond back and put an appointment on our calendar, we started having applications to book a time on our calendar. And we started asking, how many homes did you sell last month, right? Uh, you know, have you ever spent any money in paid marketing before? How much money have you spent? Uh, you know, how much would you be willing to invest? How much money do you have on hand to invest? And most people are just absolutely terrified to ask these questions. And, you know, in the beginning, you have to remember, you know, at this point, I'm 22 years old, I, you know, I'm green around the ears, I have no idea really what I'm doing. And I'm asking these veteran business owners, so how much money did you make last month? And frequently, people were going, that's none of your damn business. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, my bad. I'm just reading the script here. And, uh, but people that actually understood it and they got offended because they weren't making any money, if I'm being honest with you. And the yep. people that did understand it, that were, were like, yeah, like if I'm trying to increase your money, I need to know where you're at right now. They started filling out the applications and I started getting more qualified and qualified people. And instead of having, you know, some people are like, oh, I can't close any deals. I have a 10% close rate. If you look at it, it's most likely because you are pitching totally unqualified people. They, they don't, they have no intent on buying from you. They have no intent on being qualified. And so that was a big difference for us. Now our company, we have uh, 15 salespeople. We close on average 40% year to date. Uh, and like I said in the beginning of that video, which is a YouTube video, we cancel 68% of applications that come in. So we're really, really brutal for this qualification process just to make everything more streamlined for everybody. But if you're listening to this right now and you're like, okay, I get that. I understand the qualification, but how do I actually do it? Um, in that video that I talked about on YouTube, which you can check it out, but one of the biggest recommendations I have is starting a little earlier in the qualification process. So everyone kind of knows, like there's a big saying in the software world, it's called BANTS, budget, uh, authority, need, and time. 
But even before you get to the point that they're booking an appointment in your calendar, if you're doing some of this outbound prospecting or you're doing some of this online targeting, you kind of want to start finding people that are already showing that they are potentially interested. So let's say you run an online advertising agency and you're trying to work with real estate agents. Well, you know, I think it's some number like 65% of real estate agents make less than $40,000 a year. And for a lot of my clients that are doing multi six figures a month, their, their high ticket prices are like $2,500 for three, you know, a month for three months. So to ask a real estate agent to give up, you know, a quarter of their annual salary on this thing is kind of a big deal. And so what we needed to do was starting to pre-qualify earlier on in this funnel process and not just reach out to every real estate agent, but what if instead we went to Zillow Premier, which is Zillow's paid, uh, you know, marketing program, mm -hmm. and they literally identify hey, these are the real estate agents that are paying to be on this program. These are the number of transactions they're having. These are the number of reviews they have. These are the number, the, the average review rating they're having. And what if we said, hey, instead of going after every real estate agent, only do the ones that are on Zillow Premier. So we know that they believe in paid marketing to get ahead and only do the ones that have over you know, 100 transactions in the last year. So we know they're an active agent and only do the ones that have 4.6, 4.7 stars and above. So we know that they know the value of social proof and we know that they're doing well and they're honest, obviously someone fun to work with. And if we can figure that out and do that earlier on in the process, it'll make it so much easier by the time we actually get on the phone with them to have really quality people that are interested in what we have to sell. It, it's so important. I had a consultant I was working with a couple of years ago and she said, you ask too many damn questions on your website form. And I'm like, I ain't changing my website form. Like it pre-qualifies people. If you can't take three minutes to fill out my form. And also I'm using this subconscious level of how you fill out my form. It tells me what color you are in true colors, which puts you in a funnel with the appropriate copy that you need to get. <laughs> and so I'm like, I didn't hire you for that. I don't need you for that, but thanks. But this isn't going to work out. So yep. the, the more questions you can ask up front and pre-qualify them before they get to you. It, yeah. I mean, your, your sales conversions are going to just go way, way up. So how did you first start using virtual assistants? And like, I know a lot of people listening. I know everyone has heard of VAs by now. If not, you're living under a rock and you're not listening because we work with a lot of people in other countries. We work with VAs all over the world. I don't care where you are or what you're doing. You could be laying on a beach. As long as the shit's getting done on time, I don't care where you are. And so what was your first experience in working with a VA and how have you leveraged like your teams to be able to keep high profits? Yeah. So it's funny now everyone's working remote, right? And it's like a thing, but we were doing it, you know, like I said, in the beginning, I have 35 employees, you know, in almost 12 different countries. So we're all around the world, but my first ever employee was a virtual assistant. And what happened was it was October of 2018. The only two clients I had had in six months were the two people I said, my cousin and my girlfriend's dad. So it wasn't looking promising for me. I was working at an Italian restaurant around the corner uh, and, you know, I was making $2,000 a month and you got to keep in mind, I was, I turned down a top tier law school for this. So, you know, when, when people asked my parents what I was doing, they said that, uh, you know, I was still going to law school. I was just taking a little bit of a break. So, you know, I, I didn't think that, I think that people were kind of embarrassed of myself. I think I was a little embarrassed of what I was doing, but I, I said, okay, this is it. I'm kind of coming to the end of my string here. I'm $10,000 in debt. This is not working. And 
I didn't really understand the concept of other people's time at that, at that moment. And I actually ended up going to a mastermind in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm living in uh, Santa Rosa Beach, Seaside, Florida, like you and I had talked about earlier. And it was five and a half hours away. It was a thousand dollars. It was pretty much the last money I had available on my credit card. I said, you know what? Let me go there. Let me learn from some of these people. If this doesn't work, then that's it. I'll go to law school. And in the uh, events, almost every single person that I talked to that was doing a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a month, they all had team members. And every single one of them, all of their team members first started with a virtual assistant, because you know, virtual assistants that you know you can get them for two, three, four dollars an hour. If you, depending on where you get them from, they're incredibly, incredibly hardworking people, incredibly grateful people. And they're willing to do some of this mundane stuff that, you know, if you ask someone maybe in the United States to do, they'd say, you know, no, or you got to pay me $60,000 a year. And so the cost effectiveness of it was a big, obviously really appealing to me. And so long story short, what I did was after that event, I said, you know what, I'm going to get a virtual assistant and I'm going to focus only their number one job is to fill my appointment book with, uh, or my calendar with appointments. And I went online, I hired a virtual assistant agency, much like what we are today. We find and train these virtual assistants for our clients now for $2.50 an hour. I found someone to do that for me and I paid a pretty penny for it, but her name's Mel Jane. She listens to all my podcasts. So I know she's going to listen to this. So shout out to you, Mel Jane, but she's worked for me for two and a half years now. She's the longest employee that I've had. Um, and she has seen us start from literally in the red, right? So she has access to my email. So she saw the overdraft statements in my email coming in to where we are now running multiple seven-figure companies. And she's a big part of it. And uh, the number one thing I did was got a virtual assistant and put them on lead generation. And if you're running a service-based business, I cannot stress that enough. You need to have someone whose full-time job is keeping your calendar or your sales team's calendars full. And I essentially hired a virtual assistant to do that. And within 30 days, this is actually on my website. If you guys check it out, I have screenshots of it. Um, we did $10,000 in the first 10 days after I hired my virtual assistant. And we did $30,000 the first 40 days after I hired my virtual assistant. And this was after doing an entire six months of $6,000 in total revenue. And that wow. I was instantly hooked from there. And uh, then I started, like I had spoken to you earlier before we went live here, I actually packed up all my stuff, sold my car, everything in two weeks. I moved down to Medellin, Colombia. I lived in Colombia for a few months, uh, then across Central America. Then I moved to Spain. And a bunch of people were just calling me and asking me, you know, we were just doing the same thing a few months ago. How are you doing this now? And I was like, well, it really came down to this virtual assistant. And anyway, long story short, that was essentially how my new company scaling with systems were new. It's a year and a half old now. But how that came about was essentially, oh, well, they did this for me and they did this for me and here, I'm gonna train one up for you. And that's essentially how it launched. So, you know, if you if you have a nine to five job, if you, you know, if you're saying you don't have enough time, if you have kids, if you have something that's preventing you from doing, or if you just know that you're lazy, like I know that I was, and you're like, look, I'm not gonna send these messages every single day, then I would really, really recommend looking into one because, you know, for $3 an hour, you know, what do you realistically have to lose? And especially if you're in the higher ticket space, like a lot of my clients are, you know, you could pay a virtual assistant $400 a month and they could make you, like I just said, 30, 40, $50,000. And, you know, I don't care who's listening to this podcast right now. If I said, you give me $400 and I'll give you $30,000, I think everybody would say, okay, well, let me get my checkbook real quick. Uh, yeah. Like, don't be dumb, <laughs> <laughs> but I do want everyone that is listening. I do want you to know something that, I've had a lot of friends who've tried the VA thing and they're like, oh, it's blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, time out. Wait a minute. Do you have a process to train the VA? 
like I, I have a program, Potty Train Your Brain. And it's like, you have to train them. And once they are trained, which is an ongoing learning process, they're helping you build something. You help them build their education by teaching them all these things. They're not going to solve your problems overnight. So don't go hire a VA and then come back to me or us and say, well, I tried that and it sucked and it didn't work because people, this is what I'm saying is people do this to me. And it's like, well, you have to have a process. And so is that something that your current company does now where you all take that process and you help the C-suite, you know, executive train a v, the, their first VA? Yeah, and I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up. And that's how I know you know what you're doing too. Because yeah, we get that all the time <laughs> as well. It's like, you know, and I literally, I, I reference it to, you know, having hire, I don't care if it's a virtual assistant or a Harvard graduate, you know, hiring someone to jo come into your business that's a total mess that you have no systems on and you don't even know what you're doing is like, you know, having telling a waiter at a restaurant for them to bring out their favorite meal, they bring it out to you and then you throw it in their face because it's not what you wanted. And that's exactly what I see people do all the time. And so, yeah, it, it's really difficult, uh, especially if you don't know what you're doing. You're like, well, I don't even know what I would have them if I had a virtual assistant. So we do our virtual assistants. They go through a 60 day training process where we teach them a lot of the main stuff that we focus on is lead generation, just because that's about, you know, about what 90% of our clients need is someone to keep their appointment books full. But we have them that run Facebook ads, that create sales funnels. But the majority of the stuff that they're learning is lead generation, how to read and write SOPs, you know, how to communicate over Slack, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then we also work with our clients to actually build that out. So, you know, there's a full course that we walk them through. But more importantly, we work with them one-on-one -on -one to develop, okay, where are the big bottlenecks in your company? You know, what should your messaging scripts look like? You know, what channels should you be using? What's your qualification scripts look like? What should your pricing be? And uh, like you just said, the virtual assistant is just like anything else. It is a tool in your tool belts. It's not a, you know, band-aid, you know, one-stop shop, fix everything in my, in my business. That's kind of what we do with you. But uh, I wouldn't hire any employees until I had some of that stuff down. So, yeah, that is something that we help our clients with inside of Scaling the Systems. Well, and I love how you all specifically, like your niche is lead generation, because some of the VAs that we have right now is what we're teaching them is we have one VA per brand that we help manage. So if love it's it. their videos, their podcasts, and so we, they don't know, they don't know how to do strategy and that's okay. That's what we do. We do the strategy, the clients on board, they understand how it works now. They, their brain is now potty trained. And then the VA, we tell them when to post based on analytics. We tell them all these things, but they're dealing with me and my team. They're not ever dealing with the client because what we have found when, when we've let the client, it, it just creates massive confusion and they they don't, they don't say the right things. And sometimes they end up pissing them off and then it hurts their feelings. You know, then I go back to the colors of like, well, this person's blue. You can't talk to them like that. And then the client doesn't know that. <laughs> so it's been really a, a good process for us to be able to maintain control for our clients to be able to do that. And so that's awesome. Um, I think I just want to hire you to like do my legion <laughs> remarking because it's like, I'm trying to teach another one. I'm like, they don't really specialize in Legion. I think all the ones that are coming to me are like, they, they want to post on social media. They want to like make the pretty images and stuff. So like they're not green, they're not into numbers. So that's awesome. Um, so you've got a few free courses and I would say probably the one that really where people could start with is 
three steps to scaling a company. And y'all, it like like he was saying earlier, like don't sit around thinking like, oh, I can't make millions. And it's not always about the money. It's you make money to to it's a tool so that you can do more and have an impactful life so that you do have financial freedom, which this is what an online business and scaling an online business can give you. And so we'll put the link in the show notes about if you can go to scalingwithsystems.com slash three steps to scaling. But again, we'll put it in the show notes for you guys. But if you're thinking about doing any type of funnel or anything, you've got to understand how to have a VA or an assistant or somebody qualified that's not you. Because typically what I find with the entrepreneurs that we work with, you are your biggest cheerleader and the the number one salesperson in your company because you started it. No one's going to have that same emotional attachment to making sure that it's going to be successful no matter what, because you got to keep going. And so what's your favorite way, Revy, for people to reach out to you or connect with you on social media? Yeah. And let me just wrap this up too, Angela, by saying thank you so much for having me on here. It was an absolute pleasure. What some incredible questions. And uh, I love that you have a really similar story to me as well. And uh, to everybody else that, that kind of lent your ears during this, you know, 40 minute, 30 minute podcast time frame, I really do appreciate your time. I know you could have done anything else. I know you listen to Angela because she gives some really valuable content. I rarely listen to anybody, but I definitely listen to Angela's podcast. So make sure you leave her a, a great review on Apple Podcasts or wherever she likes the podcast reviews because I'll make a, I'll do a call to action for her because I know she's too humble awesome. to do it herself. But um, <laughs> yeah, for me personally, guys, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, any one of those things, LinkedIn, you can just type in my first and last name, R-A-V-I. And my last name is A-B-U-V-A-L-A. Uh, and you can shoot me, especially Instagram, I'm on there pretty frequently. And you can shoot me a message. Let me know that you heard the podcast. Let me know any questions you have and I'll be sure to answer them. Amazing. And we'll put all the links in the show notes and everybody that's listening. Thank you so much for your time today and make sure you tune in next week to another episode of business unveiled. Bye y'all. That's it for this week's episode of business unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD get shit done. Would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember, the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.